Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Hey guys, hey. This is Doug Hayner and Jamie N. Otis. <laughs> Jamie Otis Shaner, as they call her, but we are newly certified, not insane. <laughs> certified in scuba. Yeah. As you know, by now, I've been a little insecure about a lot of things. And one of them being, I don't know, that Doug was cheating on me for some reason. Like you do a lot of... How'd we go from scuba to that? Well, I'm saying that that's the reason why I wanted to find a hobby, oh, basically, gotcha. okay. for us to do. Like there's nothing that we do together just for fun, other than take care of our kids. Right. And... I also realized during this that Jamie does do a lot of things that I want to do, and I want to start doing more hobbies that Jamie likes. I would love that because everything that Doug wants to do, like I've gone swimming with sharks in a cage underwater where sharks just come and attack, not really, but <laughs> basically. And then I've gone on ghost hunts. What other crazy things have I done? Jumped out of a plane. Jumped out of a plane. I mean, I've done so many different crazy things for Went my husband. Went on a safari. Went on a safari. But that, that was fun. That was actually really fun and exciting yeah. and not nearly as scary as the others. But I've done like pretty much anything he's up for, I go for, even if it's risking my life. But then I go, can we go for a walk? And he'll be like, oh. I don't want to. I haven't. I've said that a couple times in you, the past. You haven't said that recently. Or I'll be like, I really want to just go for a hike. I've gone on. How many hikes have we gone on together? Zero. We hiked yesterday. We didn't hike yesterday, Douglas. <laughs> it's honestly like, I kind of just wish that you would just say it like it is. Like we have gone on zero hikes together. And that's one thing that I absolutely love to do. Yeah. But we've gone, I like bought you a whole trip to Africa for your birthday. I make these things like for more than one occasion because they're so expensive. <laughs> so it was for his birthday. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. I hear you. And yeah. I so anyways, you. when we started the scuba thing, because that was the one thing that he wanted to do that now that we're in Florida and, and scuba has never been on my list of things to do. It scares the F out of me. Like Really? Um, but you like snorkeling. I like snorkeling like in the most calmest waters where it's very, very clear where I know I'm not going to die of drowning because <laughs> I'm terrified of the ocean. Like I'm scared that honestly, I have a fear of drowning and like I have a fear of fires. I have a, a lot of fears. Like when I remember <laughs> when I was a little girl, I would pray to God every night that there would be no fire and that I wouldn't get kidnapped and I wouldn't be raped. Those were my prayers when I was a little girl, which sounds really... Jesus was busy. Yeah, he was. You know what, though? He did take care of me. I never died in a fire. I was never kidnapped. And I've... Well, according to the psychic, apparently I've been raped and I just blocked it out. Hmm. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever been raped. Anyways, so I, you know, kind of called Doug out on that on our trip because I was like, you know, I'm trying to do all the things to keep you happy, to keep us in a good relationship. And it's not like Doug does nothing, of course. Like, obviously, he does a whole lot because otherwise we wouldn't be together because I'm not <laughs> that girl. I'm like, uh-uh. But, you know, he's obviously so patient when I'm not. And, Doug, you're obviously just the calm to my stress and anxiety type, you know, life. And you helped so much with the children. I couldn't ask for a better father for our children. Well, thank but you. your behavior is sometimes a little shady. <laughs> and I'm like, no joke. I'm just going to straight up say it now that we've put it out into the world that I have this insecurity of cheating. The other night at 10 o'clock on the dot, Doug gets a missed call from Rahway, New Jersey. And I was like, who is calling you at 10 o'clock at night? This is so weird. And his phone happened to be outside, but I could see it. And so I, Doug goes, well, why don't you go look at it since you're suspicious? And I was yeah. like, okay, then I will. Because I was suspicious. Of course I'm suspicious. It's 10 o'clock at night and you're getting a phone call. Like scammers right. don't call at 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. So, you know, we missed the call. And I say to Doug, you know, weird. Who could that be? And he goes, well, why don't you call it back since you're so suspicious? Yeah. And so I or said, look it up. And I was like, okay, I will, because I was suspicious and I don't want to be suspicious. I want to be fully confident that there's no issues in our relationship. So I call the number back and of course they don't answer. And then when I get to it, it's a female and she goes, hello. And I go, hi. And she goes, I have the wrong number. And I go, what's your name? And I can't remember if she either just hung up right then or she said, I had the wrong number and hung up. It was one or the other. And definitely cheating. But honestly, I don't know. Can anybody else out there, anybody who's listening, like, am I crazy? Or doesn't that seem like so suspicious? Like, You're who? taking it a little far. I'm not taking it far. That's just weird. The thing is, is that it could be absolutely nothing. I have no idea. But to me, when I'm insecure and I feel like you've done some other things that seemed a little off. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, how is it a girl? And how does she hang up like that and then not answer when I try calling back? And I honestly do. I feel like that crazy girl right now in this relationship. And you I don't know. You should keep it's... calling. You should keep calling her until you get verification. I think I, I should. You You're should. Right. You definitely should. Yeah. I'm giving you 100% that you should because we got to get past this because this is starting to get a little frustrating. I can imagine if you're I can not a cheater and this is what comes up every day. Yeah, that would be really frustrating. Yeah. And I don't know how, this is why we have couples therapy. And also our therapist, we just picked her because <laughs> she actually took our insurance. And usually that's never the best way to try to find a therapist. Well, no, I looked at reviews. There was more than a few that took our insurance. Okay. Well, this girl is awesome. She yeah. actually genuinely listens to us. Like, this is how you know you have a good therapist if you're either by yourself or with a couples therapist, if you're new to therapy, is they will know exactly where you left off. You They're actively listening. So like Doug and I will go on for like 20 minutes about whatever we're talking about. <laughs> and then she'll say, okay, so it sounds like that, 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 that. And she kind of basically like explains what she heard to make sure she's hearing it correctly. And then, I don't know, she just has a, such a great way of guiding us, don't you think, Doug? Yeah, she's really... She's really actually nice. really, really incredible, which is awesome because I don't know if it's hormones. I don't know if it's seven years being together. And obviously, I look entirely different than I used to look. I am entirely different than I used to be. And same for Doug. But I don't know. And then those weird things happen. Like, it could have totally been nothing, that random it phone call totally at 10. Nothing. Or it could be something else. And I don't know what that could be. <laughs> and I do need to get to the bottom of it so I can just feel so comfortable. And I don't know if Please that makes do. me sound like an absolutely crazy, insane person. <laughs> Please do. But that's how I feel. And thank God for the therapist being like, well, those are your feelings and feelings are real. So you have to validate every feeling. So anyways, that's where we're at. You know, we started the scuba thing in hopes to do something together other than raising 
raising our kids. Like, and I hope we really use it. I do too. I mean, you know, because I'm, the snorkeling that you're talking about and the calm orders and everything else, that is what I picture us doing for scuba. You know, just something that's calm, looking at a reef, being able to see more than two feet in front of you. <laughs> I mean, we, we went through the certification was through very challenging waters. I mean, we started out in a lake where you couldn't really see too much in front of you. And then we went to the actual ocean, which you had two feet of visibility. Like you could see a shadow of the person's fin in front of you. Like you literally had to lock arms to do anything. Yeah. And honestly, that's scary AF. Like imagine being 50 feet underwater, which we actually weren't quite 50 feet, but imagine being 50 feet underwater and, you know, you can't even see your trainer's fins. Mm -hmm. So you have to hold arms and it's like something happens and you let go of the arms, which by the way, you need your hands in order to like adjust your air and everything. It was just really scary for me. And I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to find this enjoyable. So I was like, Doug, we have to plan another trip ASAP or else I might just like (laughs) bounce out of this idea. Well, we wouldn't go in that type of visibility. I don't think. I I just need to do it. I've never had one scuba experience yet that I've been like, oh, wow, that was incredible. Except from day two in the pool yeah, (laughs) where I knew I was safe. I know. Well, (laughs) I don't want to keep going on the whole scuba thing anymore, but it was kind of cool sitting there and not being able to see anything. Like you're just down there with your breath and your bubbles and occasionally you'll see like a little crab on the bottom. Like it's just, you get lost. It's like an alien world that you're in and just looking around, you can't see anything and it's just, it's amazing. Honestly, it was really cool real fast. Not to continue on the scuba thing, but I want to tell you guys, like, honestly, it was so cool to be able to see the sea creatures alive, like clams and crabs and a little tiny bit of reef. I mean, that was really kind of like all we saw. (laughs) That's all you could see, really. I didn't see a fish. I saw nothing else. And not for nothing, a boat went literally over our head. Like we had the buoy thing out there. Those boats do not pay attention. And so I feel like this is, it's just a dangerous sport really, but I'm up for it as long as it's I don't know. As long as I know what I'm doing and I'm safe. Yeah. Once you have an experience, I think you'll be good. But anyway, I do want to get to our five-star reviewers. Oh, I'm so excited this week because we're giving 50 of you coffee on us just to say thanks. zero. Oh my God, so exciting and so many amazing reviews have come in. And honestly, I we love it. I'm we're reading every single one. And it sounds like to us that the body positivity stuff, just so you know, we hear you. Some of you absolutely love it, and others are kind of happy to get back to marriage and parenting more. So I think that I might create, I'm obviously I'm super, super, super into body positivity and helping other mamas and women in general and men feel comfortable in their skin wherever they're at right now. And especially when you have so many people that were in your body positivity class. Yeah. It's it's just something that I'm really passionate about because not everybody quote unquote bounces back. And honestly, I think that should just be like tossed out the window anyways, because you're never truly, even if they look like they bounce back, they didn't bounce back. Like after you have a baby, you're never the same as before you had a baby, but even not even just that, like sometimes there's sicknesses, sometimes there's different things that happen. Our bodies aren't made to be one size or shape. And it sounds like some of you are so into like learning more about this and hearing it more for your confidence. And others are like, girl, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Give me the parenting <laughs> and the marriage. Right. And that's parenting what, and married at first sight. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is founded on. And so maybe I should create a another podcast that's really, its only focus is going to be like body positivity and whatnot. And honestly, if I wasn't so busy, I would have done that already. But I don't think that I have time right now. But let me know if that's something you're interested in, because I'm all about it. I absolutely love, you know, different things to keep me confident as well. But needless to say, we read all your new reviews. And if you are checking us out for the first time and just hearing this, 
Jamie and I are celebrating our five-star reviewers and quite frankly, all of our friends that are listening. So we decided that we would do the first 50 people that leave a five-star review. We will send you coffee on us. And there's a few spots left. So head on over to wherever you leave reviews or wherever you're listening and shoot us a five-star review and we will be happy to send you coffee on us. Yes. And this five-star review comes from no nickname 28 who says, brutally honest and completely relatable. You say what every couple thinks. Jamie nails it on the head with the challenges of a couple with young children. They are open and honest and funny and kind and sincere. It's refreshing to hear such honesty with lots of laughter thrown in and dug. Extra points for being a supportive hubby. So thank you, No Nickname 28. And again, a great way to get read as a five-star review is to throw Doug in there. So. <laughs> yeah, because he, I don't know why I'm always letting you pick out which ones we read. Yep. That's my choice. Yeah. Maybe I should start choosing myself. But anyways, now, thank you so much. Before we get to our Merit at First Sight review, which there is so much to talk about, I do want to quickly mention our guest today, which is a phenomenal guest that you're going to learn a lot from. Yeah. So I actually interviewed her myself because I felt like it was something that it was just kind of like girl to girl talk. Her name is Genevieve Jaffe and she goes by Jenna. And I actually started following her on Instagram. I don't know. It had to be more than a year ago. And we were pregnant, I think, at the same time, around the same time anyways. And Jenna's part of the LGBTQIA plus community. That's a lot of letters. It is. And I honestly, to be very, very frank, I'm all about being super honest and transparent. And I'm not entirely like familiar with the whole entire acronym. So I actually asked her about that on the podcast because I think it's really important for all of us to understand and love and accept, you know, each other. And so she's someone who spent the majority of her life not realizing that she's a lesbian. And then she came out like later, I think it was after college. And she just shares her whole journey, not so much about, you know, being a lesbian, but more about like how on earth families who are not able to conceive themselves, and this is, you know, LGBT. BTQIA plus community or any family really, how you can go about getting support while you're trying to conceive and via IVF and all the things. I mean, she has an abundant amount of resources. And so I wanted to bring her on the podcast to kind of share about her experience with IVF. But and also, just there's so many laws around it too that people don't know about just having kids. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Like her partner is technically the biological mother of their child, but she had to get custody of her own child because she didn't birth her. So there's a lot of interesting talk about that. And we're going to talk all about that later. But first, let's recap Married at First Sight because we're almost to decision day. This is going to be a real fast recap. And I feel like now is the time where you can kind of figure out who's going to stay together and who's not. Yeah, kind of. I think so too. And one thing's for sure, I think Brianna and Vincent, they seem like they're definitely just going to stay together. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about them. Yeah. I mean, I know that like Vincent has his moments where he's like, a little often, maybe some people think that Brianna's controlling or something of that nature. But honestly, those two, I feel like they're kind of like yin and yang and they're yeah. going to, I don't know. I, I feel like the couple, the the arguments and the little riffs that they're getting in 
are normal, typical married arguments. Yeah, and like if like, they didn't have any argument, I would be like, well, they're just fake yeah. because that's just not real life. 100%. So, but moving on to Ryan and Clara, because Virginia pulled Clara aside actually to kind of complain that she and Eric had a fight the night before. And that's something that the viewers didn't see on camera. And I feel like Clara gave Virginia like such great girl advice. She was just all about like sticking to your guns, but also being open-minded. I feel like Clara is such a girl's girl. And I've said this a few times, but for me, Clara, when I first saw her on her wedding day, which is not fair at all <laughs> to judge anybody <laughs> on their wedding day. I don't care if you're getting married at first sight or not, because on your wedding day, you're full of nerves. And especially before you walk down the aisle, you're not going to have like your real personality or maybe your real personality shines. I don't know. Who knows? There's but no way to prepare for that day. There really isn't. And so she was like kind of just very stressed and was like, nothing's going right. This is not what I envisioned. <laughs> and the thing about Clara is that what's on her mind comes out of her mouth. And I think that's why I like her so much. Like yeah. she just doesn't seem fake at all. Well, I mean, this past week too, though, you know, they do some fun and playful activities and games together. And the experts just advise them to write letters to each other, complimenting qualities that they admire in one another, which is always a good conversation starter. And I think the Eric and Virginia saga that's happening is, uh, from what people are saying, it's a lot of passive aggressive comments that the duo continues to do on and off. And it seems to be a pattern. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know. Well, it almost seems like they're giving like underlying digs at each other, but I think it's just sort of playful. And I think Virginia's scared and I think Eric just wants to make it work. But I do not think it's playful. I think that it's so serious. I think that the digs that they're giving are real. But the thing that I like about them is that they both speak what's entirely on their mind. And to me, that's so important in a relationship. Like I obviously think that because I'm someone who does that, but <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't think our marriage would have ever worked if I wasn't really open and honest about my insecurities. And Doug isn't so much like me. Like he doesn't communicate as well. And that's something we're working on. Yeah. And the experts help through the art. Yeah. Too. But that's the thing about Eric and Virginia is that they both do. So I feel like if you're both able to say what's on your mind, but listen to the other person. Like you can't just spit out like all the things that you think without having an open mind and hearing your partner's opinion about all the things that you think. Because <laughs> right, that could backfire. Oh yeah, that could totally backfire. But it seems like they actually listen. I know that they have like this kind of explosive relationship. Yeah. Not well, it was surprising to me that they're not living together all the time because of the pets. Yeah, honestly, if you're going to ask me about a big red flag for them, it's not necessarily their communication style or fighting. It's honestly the fact that they're not living together because that... That's or they a, won't be because of his apartment doesn't allow animals. Yeah, which, I mean, I get it. I have fur babies too, and they really are like your children, but like you kind of can't put your animal above your husband. <laughs> like that doesn't really pan out well in the end. Yeah, I don't know about those two, to be very honest. I, I feel think like they'll, I think they'll make it. I think they'll find that common ground. I think this is all just little playful stuff before they finally, you know, figure I, out that they're meant for each other. I don't know about how playful it is. I'm going to be honest. But for Ryan and Clara, the opposite with them is that like Clara's obviously that open book, but Ryan just says, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see them working out. Really? Honest. I, I don't. Like, want I, them to work out. I wanted them to as well, especially in the beginning. I think that they are such a good fit, but there's just so many things that she needs and it doesn't seem like Ryan 
is giving her anything. Like he's not compromising anything to me, it seems. Well, see, and this is where my own insecurity comes in because you're saying that because Ryan's not having sex with her. No, no, I'm not saying it because of the sex thing. I'm saying it because of him talking about it. And granted, nobody knows what their conversation is behind closed doors, but I don't see her being satisfied with his communication and him just being open and honest with her. Well, I mean, we don't know what they're saying to each other off camera, so I'm hoping that he's yeah. opening up more. That's true. I don't know. The impression that I get from her on camera and from what we see, she always seems like she's frustrated about something. And the conversation she has with her girlfriends, I feel like she should have with him. And it doesn't seem like she's having that conversation with him. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, I don't know if it's best to talk to your girlfriends and not your partner. But then in her defense, I'm like, well, she just met the man. So yeah. like she needs a vent, you know. And if she's not getting the response from him, where else is she going to go? Yeah. But moving on, let's talk about Haley and Jacob because these two, I'm surprised they're still together. I mean, yeah. there's like, I don't know what's holding them together at this point. I guess just like the sake of like completing the experiment because they don't seem into each other, even the slightest. Yeah, I think he's being very spiteful. Which is rough because I don't know whether he feels hurt or rejected or what, but he's really, really taken a turn to almost like bitter. Yeah. And I kind of get that, I guess, if you feel really rejected or hurt. But then if that's the case, get out of the marriage. Like, just yeah. say you want out now. But like for him to even say that he's learned nothing from the process, like that's just, it's spiteful. It really is. Yeah. You know, just because he didn't have someone that was into him in the beginning, I don't know. It's annoying to me how he handled everything. Yeah. Well, either way, decision day is coming up very, very soon. And I'm pumped for that. I'm honestly, my favorite is the reunion because then I'm like, how are they really doing? Because maybe they stay together, maybe they don't. But even if they stay together, I'm like, well, how long are you going to last? Yeah. So I'm pumped for the end of the season to see like who's together and who's actually still together. You know? I know. Yeah. Well, just to even see whose tension is still there because right now the Haley Jacob tension, like you can see. You can see it on TV and it's yeah. awkwardly amazing. I'm nursing Hendrix <laughs> yes, in the midst of this podcast. But, you know, who knows? The six-month reunion is always going to be a fun time to see who's still together. Anyway, we look forward to next week, Married at First Sight. Maybe we'll have my parents back on for that review because they've been MIA for the past couple. But before we get to the interview with Jenna, I do want to mention again that there are some five-star review spots left. So wherever you can leave a review for the podcast, let us know. And the first 50 five-star reviews will get a coffee on us. So there's still some spots left and we would love to send you some coffee. All right, now it's time to bring on Jenna. All right, guys. So today on the podcast, we'll be discussing a super important topic. So Jenna Jaffe is a mom and serial entrepreneur. She and her wife did reciprocal IVF for both of their kiddos. It was her wife's eggs and Jenna was the oven, the incubator for them. While Jenna is a lawyer, she came to learn that there are so many steps involved in the parenting process for a lesbian couple. So Jenna created a business to help educate the LGBTQ community. 
Her new business, Connecting Rainbows, is an organization that helps those in the LGBTQ community start, grow, and protect their families by offering legal and fertility resources. They provide a directory of attorneys, fertility clinics, and surrogacy agencies, as well as a blog and vlog to learn from the experts as well as real families. You can find everything about this over at her site, ConnectingRainbows.org. But if you don't have a pen or paper handy, don't worry. We're going to talk about that a whole lot more. And at the end, of course, I'll I'll be asking Jenna where you can find her and all the things. And also, of course, it'll be in the show notes. But Jenna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So just real fast, if anybody listening, you guys know that I usually find most of our guests from Instagram. I am a big fan of Instagram. I feel like it's the best place to connect with you know, some like-minded women and whatnot. And I don't even know when I started following you, Jenna. I I know I began following you first. I followed you for a long time. And I just like was really just inspired. You have a cute little family and a good message. And But I had no idea that there was so much more depth to you. Yes. That's just a pretty family, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, you started following me. I think you commented on one of my posts. And I was like, oh, I don't know who this person is. And I clicked on your profile. I was like, Dang, she's got a lot of followers. I didn't know who you were. And we just started <laughs> chatting about like babies and kids. Our kids are around the same age. And yeah, Instagram is awesome. It can be a shady place, but also a really great place for connection. Yeah, I totally agree on both those levels. Um, but I feel fortunate because I have really truly met so many awesome people. And then Jenna, like you and I were just chatting. I didn't even know that you were so close. We're like practically neighbors. <laughs> and so we have, I know. we have to get together. But anyways, I wanted to dive in to ask you, so obviously I want to be super sensitive because I don't know that I always know the right terminology or the correct vocabulary. So please, please feel free to like, I won't take any offense. Please feel free to just let me know if I say something in the wrong way. And the whole point of this podcast is educational for me, really. Like I want to be a supporter and an ally to literally everybody. I think love is love. I believe that black lives matter, just like I believe Asian lives matter. I believe, you know, I don't want to say like white lives matter, but like, I believe that everybody is important in this world and it doesn't matter what color your skin is, who you love, where you come from. Like we're all humans and we all deserve the same amount of love and respect. So that being said, I wanted to ask you, how did you discover, you know, like that you're a lesbian and how did you discover that your wife was the one? Yeah. So I was like a late bloomer. I dated men and it wasn't until I went to law school actually that I met my first few lesbians. And so I was 20, And I kind of just started kind of finding myself attracted to like actors on TV, like actresses. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. I was just very oblivious because I didn't grow up surrounded by lesbians. Like, I don't know. I just had this like picture in my head of like Rosie O'Donnell, you know, it's like butch lesbians. And so I met my first girlfriend in law school and she was like very pretty. She had long hair. She was like feminine. She was athletic and stuff. But when I met her and she told me she was lesbian, I was like, what? It didn't register for me. And we became like friends and then my feelings developed and I haven't been with a man since. Wow. <laughs> was just like, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just oblivious to, I was an athlete growing up, so I didn't even really date much because mm-hmm. um, I was like so busy. I was a gymnast, so I was like always training. And for me, you know, I didn't even lose my virginity until I was 20. So <laughs> I was like a very late bloomer in all of that. So I'm sure your parents yeah. were thankful for that. 
<laughs> I know, I know, I know. I've said something one time. My dad was like, I don't need to hear it. I'm like, you should be happy about it. <laughs> you should be happy about that, dad. Yeah. Anyway, and then with my wife, so we met on the New York City subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I had just ended things with a girl that I had been seeing the night before, which happened to be my birthday. She's a bit of a sociopath. And I was going out that night. It was a Friday night. And I was going out for my birthday with some friends. And I got on the subway and I saw this girl and I thought she was really pretty. And, you know, it's New York. You have your headphones in, your head down. You know, you're not looking at anyone. You don't talk to anyone. But I just felt this pull towards her. Mm. And I just kept looking over there and she was with two other girls and I saw that her one friend had a little tote bag on it that said every dyke is a hero and I was like like, well I guess I was like well she's gay maybe they all are so I said to myself if they don't get off at the next stop I'm going over there and like I don't do this I don't just Uh go like talk to strangers on the subways (laughs) but I felt the need to and I went over I said, hey, I like your bag. And that was like my opening line to her friend. And then we all started talking. And it turns out that I knew of my wife. So Jordana, she had been talking to the girl that I was seeing. And we were both. Wow. So my wife and I, our last kiss was the same girl. What? <laughs> we were very incestuous. Yeah. Anyway, so that night we were, you know, messaging back and forth on Facebook. And I asked her out. We went out the next night. And that was it. We said, I love you in like four days. And we literally were inseparable since that night. Like your um, soulmates. Yeah. I mean, the joke is that, you know, lesbians, you know, you fall in love, you move in together, like your second date. But it was kind of <laughs> pretty much like that. I don't know. We felt like it was like divine orchestration is kind of what we say, that yeah. we both ended up on that subway at the same time where we both weren't supposed to be there at that time. Like I moved my dinner plans up. Uh, her friend was running late, you know, just like the thing things that put us in that same spot at that time. That's wild. But also the fact that she was kind of dating whoever you were dating as well. And that was her last kiss and your last kiss. I mean, what are the chances in all of Manhattan? I know. I know. And my wife is such an introvert. And so she was like, what is going on? And she's like, why am I not anonymous on the subway? And why is this person talking to me? And then I was like, wait, I know who you are. And she's like, what? So yeah, I'm an extrovert. But, you know, again, don't really usually talk to strangers on subways, but it, you know, worked out as it was supposed to. And yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So wait, did you know who she was or did she know who you were? I knew of her just because the girl that we were talking to was like texting her when we were together and like, oh, who are you talking to? And she would be like, oh, you know, this girl Jordana, we're like friends, da da da, whatever. And so at one point, I feel like I looked Jordana up on Facebook to be like, who is this Jordana person that this girl's always talking to? And so when I saw her, I put the two and two together. Um, ah. And I was like, oh, I know so-and-so. And it's just, it was just all kinds of weird. But as crazy as she was, <laughs> thank for connecting us. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Little did she know, you know, even though she was trying to date you both, she actually, exactly. <laughs> she like brought you exactly. two together. <laughs> I guess that's kind of why you got to be faithful. If you really, you know, love the one you're with and want to be with the one you're with, then don't be messy with them because then, exactly. especially with two good girls or like two good people in general, because they might find each other and, and exactly. Completely, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, that's such a normal story. Aside from the fact, of course, that you met on the train and whatnot, but I feel like everything right. else is so normal. Like, 
in the sense that, I don't know, like, I feel like it could be like any other story, you know, like you felt divine, like, I don't know, like something pulled you to someone and then you said hello when you don't usually. And then it kind of just like went from there. I feel like that's like, you know, so normal. Uh, I wanted to ask. Actually, before we get to that next question, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. The first of which is a bra that I love on, Jamie. Well, honestly, you know that we don't let an ad or a sponsor come on this podcast unless we genuinely, truly love the brand and we back it. But I got to tell you, third love, I like have more than just love for it because it has been a bra that has taken me through Henley and also now all the way through Hendrix. And I've tried so many nursing bras, but there just hasn't been a great nursing bra for me when it comes to like lifting, but then easy to like access so that you can nurse your baby without it being absolutely weird. They have this design for your perfect fit type thing where they use like the measurements of millions of different women to design bras with like all day comfort and support. And I don't know how they do it, but it really truly does work because that bra is without a doubt my favorite bra. I wish I could show you a picture of it because it's a little ratted and tangled, but I'm literally saving it for baby number three because it's just the best nursing bra I have ever, ever tried. And they don't pay me to say that. That's just genuinely how I feel about it. But anyways, I'll tell you the ad now for it. So they want to let you know that there are more than 80 different sizes for Third Love. They basically have like these memory foam cups, which are so comfortable, by the way. They have these no slip straps, which really do not slip. And they have a scratch-free band. So they have cups from double A all the way to I included half cups. So literally no matter what size or shape your boobs are, they got you covered. And I'm telling you, (laughs) their bra is amazing, but I'll let you know basically how it works. So when you get to their site, there's going to be a fitting room quiz and it's super fun and easy. You're able to just kind of share about your breast shape, your size, fit issues, and your personal style. And then they're going to help pick out the right bra that's best for you, which is amazing because all of our boobs are different shapes and sizes, you know? And also another thing that I love about them is that they stand behind their product. So if you don't love it, the exchanges and the returns are absolutely free. There's no questions asked. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available via chat or email to answer all of your questions either before, during, or after your fit. And honestly, the comfort and quality, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who just kind of deal with their bra. I was one of them. I could never find the right fit for me. And so inevitably I would have like one bra that really fit well. And then I would like try to make sure I had that all the time. Now I really don't struggle with that anymore with Third Love. So yeah, I love me my Third Love bra. I literally only have one and I do. I should probably just get another one at this point, but I don't really need it because I use this one. I don't think bras need to be washed after every single use. I guess if it is dirty from nursing, but I have like nursing pads in there and I'm like, it's barely dirty. So anyways, I have one and I use it literally all the time. And sometimes I'll have to show you how it's frayed because I do use it that much. But I'm also really big on, you know, like less is more. I don't need 10 nursing bras. I want one good one that works. And then I'll put my nursing pads in there in case I leak and, you know, I'll wash it like twice a week. I don't know if that makes me sound dirty, but that's that. That's how I do my bra thing. But anyway, so if you're someone who is just looking for your one true fit and you're trying to find a comfortable bra, whether it's nursing or not, I genuinely highly recommend Third Love. Like I said, every ad that we do on this podcast is obviously like we vet it and make sure that it's perfect. But this one is like near and dear to my heart because I just really, really love their bra. And I've struggled so hard finding a good fitting bra, especially a nursing one. So anyways, if you're looking for a great bra, they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. You can just go to thirdlove.com slash HMCP and you'll go right to that quiz I was telling you about and it will help you find the perfect fitting bra for you and you'll get 20% off your first order. So that's thirdlove.com slash HMCP for 20% off today. And just FYI, Douglas just had to run out with Hendrix because he 
he, I don't know if you hear him in the background, but he's a little fussy. So I'm going to share about our next ad that I absolutely love. I'm not done yet. (laughs) Daddy's almost done. And then as soon as we're done, we're going to play with you. Okay. Yeah. So for that second ad, as you can tell, our kids are ready for us to be done. So Doug's out there with them. But I wanted to tell you about June's journey because if you know me, you know, without a doubt, Murder Mystery is my all-time favorite thing to watch on TV, only if it's like real. And, you know, now that we have kids, I try not to watch it too much because I obviously don't want them to absorb that in any way, shape or form. So I've downloaded this app that, I mean, it has so many five-star reviews and it's so fun. So it's called June's Journey. And basically you are an investigator and become like a detective of your sister's mysterious death. And it's absolutely free to download this app. And it's so much fun because it really like puts your powers of observation to the test. And obviously you have to like work on memory and logic. And it's just really, really fun to solve the problem yourself. My favorite thing about the game is that like you get to be your own detective and you get to collect the clues yourself. And then you have to use your own knowledge and like your own memory to like try to figure out who the heck killed your sister or like what happened to your sister because your sister's dead and you're not quite sure what happened. So anyways, I'm so into this type of thing and I love that it's on my phone so that I can do it while I'm nursing or if I'm in the pickup line for Henley or whatever. And if you're into like true crime or murder mystery, I'm telling you, this is absolutely free to download. You gotta download it. It's so much fun. There's over 30 million fans across the globe who are actually using it. And you get to just search for hidden objects and collect the clues. And it's just endless hours of fun. And there's thousands of intricate scenes and new chapters every week. So if you're into this, head to your app store, whether it's Google Play or Apple App Store, download June's Journey for free today. It is so much fun. It really makes you think. It's just like relaxing and it's fun to know that like you're putting your memory to the test. And I literally let myself play games either while I'm nursing Hendrix or while I'm like waiting in line to pick up Henley or at the end of the night when I have all my work done and I'm just laying in bed, I just, I tend to either scroll the gram or play a fun game. And this one is so freaking fun. It's awesome. Yeah. But Jamie's downplaying June's journey just a little bit because I always catch her on it. And like a TV show, June's journey comes out with new chapters every single week. So it keeps the app and the games and the graphics for fresh and exciting. There's collectibles, there's things to find, there's murders to solve. I mean, the graphics are unbelievable. I mean, what more can you ask for when you have murder mystery, romance, the roaring 20s, finding objects, mind-teasing twisters. It is just a fun game, absolutely free to download. If you're into murder mystery, if you're into finding things, if you're into mind-teasers, or if you're into a game that you take pride in your progression and getting through the chapters and new content each and every week, definitely check out June's Journey by going to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Before we bring on Jenna, I got to tell you about Rebate Key because if you love a great deal and you want to get cash back on, you know, thousands of items that you already are going to buy because it's something that you need or you want, or even if it's gifts for others, you got to check this out because it's simple, it's easy, and it's free. And best of all, there's no catch. So Rebate Key will never, ever ask for your credit card information. So the process is super safe and simple. So all you do is when you go to rebatekey.com, they have... Everything from jump ropes to baby stuff to magnetic eyelashes. I mean, literally everything that you can get a cash rebate on. So they've partnered with certain online retailers like Amazon, Walmart, and Etsy, and you can get up to 100% 
cash back. So when I was on rebate key, I was looking for a basketball net for Henley. When I went on there, I paid for the basketball net on Amazon and there was a 60% off rebate. So I went to Amazon, I purchased the basketball net. When I went back to rebate key, I entered in the order number and boom, they sent me the cash difference of that rebate. So it's super easy. It's places where you already shop and it's anything you can think of. It is absolutely risk-free. Check out rebatekey.com. You can start earning cash back today, sometimes 100% cash back. I mean, literally anything that we need now that we can purchase online, we check rebatekey.com first because they update their deals daily. They have exclusive offers. And just by going to places where you already shop, your favorite online retailers, you make the purchase on the original retailer site, You enter the order number on rebate key and you get a cashback refund for whatever that percentage is. So we've saved a ton of money using rebatekey.com. I highly encourage you to check out the website, scroll through their daily deals. I imagine that there's really anything that you need right now you can most likely find on rebate key. I mean, you need a Bluetooth speaker, you got it. You need a jump rope, you got it. You need other masks or extra masks, you got it. Check out rebatekey.com. It's absolutely free and you can start earning cash back refunds today. Rebatekey.com, absolutely no catch. You can save some money, and it is amazing when you receive a cash back check in the mail. Super easy, simple, free, rebatekey.com. All right, that's enough from me. This is the first time I'm hearing this interview, and I am loving it. I wanted to ask, you know, after you met your wife, Jordana, obviously you guys met and hit it right off immediately. Eventually, you decided that you wanted to get married and have a family together. What was that conversation like? Because obviously, you would need help since you're both of the same sex. Yes. Well, the plan was, our original plan was that we both wanted to carry and we decided that we would use the same donor so that our kids would at least be, you know, like half siblings. Uh And my wife is older. So the plan was that she would carry first. So it was kind of easy to decide in that way. You know, she's Uh three years older. So we're like, all right, you go first and then I'll go. And so we, you know, went online and Kind of did a little online shopping for sperm, (laughs) kind of what it what it is, and started the process of you know going through all the fertility testing and all of that, which you know is a lot. And through all of that, our plans changed, and my wife decided not to carry, and I would carry. Um, that I would carry her egg. So she was on a bunch of anxiety meds and, you know, to get pregnant, had to lower them significantly. And it Uh just was not a great situation. Uh So she was like, look, I don't want to give up being pregnant and having a biological child. So, you know, I'd love to be able to use my egg. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll carry. I want to be pregnant. I mean, I'd never even heard of it before, like that this is a thing. Uh Um, But we found other lesbians on Instagram who did this. And that's kind of how we discovered that this was a thing, reciprocal IVF. So that's kind of how we got to the idea of to expand our family. Real fast, just for those of us who don't necessarily know what reciprocal IVF means, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, reciprocal IVF is very much like gestational surrogacy. So you take eggs from one person, fertilize them, and then put that embryo into a different uterus. So it was my wife's eggs. We used an anonymous donor, sperm donor, and then I carried gotcha. the embryo. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes perfect sense now. So um, 
I think I interrupted you. So I'm so sorry. Continue. No, you're good. You're good. Um, you know, so we just decided to go that route just so that, you know, like I said, my wife didn't want to give up caring and having a biological child. So we had our son first. And then for our second, you know, my wife said to me, like, this is your decision, whether or not you want to have a biological child. And so we would do you know, IUI, which is just insemination, or we had two frozen embryos from our son. Uh-huh. And at that time, like having my son, DNA meant nothing to me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought that I needed to have a child where I would be like, oh, you know, she has my eyes or he looks like me. Or, and mm-hmm. once you have a baby and they're in your arms and you are raising that kid, that kid cannot be any more yours. Yeah. You know, like DNA doesn't make you a parent, doesn't make you a family. So, you know, to me, Parker was perfect. I'm like, so mm-hmm. let's, have, let's have another little Parker. Aww. So we decided to use the remaining embryos. Well, they didn't work out. We lost one of them in the thaw process because they were frozen and didn't survive the thaw. And the other one just didn't take. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were back to square one. And so we decided to go through another egg retrieval with my wife's eggs. And it turned out that she needed a hysterectomy at this point. So she went through that, but they kept her ovaries so that we could use the eggs. And while she was recovering, we did decide to try IUI. I said, okay, well, maybe this is a sign that we're meant to try for me to use my own eggs. And we did three months of that and that didn't work. So then we went through another egg retrieval and then we got a little Josie doll. So that's kind of our little fan story. Oh my goodness. You say that so casually, but I feel like that's an awful lot to go through to like, to build your family. (laughs) It was, was, yeah, it was a lot of money and a lot of bills and a lot of, a lot of emotions. Yeah. I I can say it now on the other side of it all, but yeah, it was a lot for sure, but you know, worth it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like you're so strong and stoic. And I know what that's like to be on the other side and to have now your daughter, your second child, Josie is turning one soon. And so, you know, you're a year out of it, I guess you would say, or kind of like more yeah. like two because you had a healthy pregnancy with her, obviously. And well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but a successful pregnancy, I should say, yeah. because you have your daughter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I feel like that's a lot. But I know what you're saying, like sometimes after being outside of it for a little while, it's like, okay, so I got through that and that was that and now we're moving on. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I wanted to like note. I think it's actually really cool that Jordana knew, first of all, I am someone who struggles in mental illness significantly, like depression and anxiety is just Mm -hmm. especially postpartum for my son. It's just been terrible. So I think it was so wise and like, honestly, very selfless of Jordana to like give up that opportunity for herself to be able to, you know, carry a baby. Cause I don't know if that's something she really wanted to do or not, but you know, if that is, I mean, I feel like that's so selfless to be like, okay, well, I don't she didn't feel like it was going to be best for her. And so she gave that opportunity to you again. And in turn, I just feel like it's so healthy, like to know your own body and to know, you know, what's going to be best for your family and how cool it is that she had the opportunity to be like, can you just carry? (laughs) No, she was like, this is the 
greatest thing I've ever delegated. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, your sister was like, and I, I wish I could have delegated that. Like, I totally would have to be able to have yeah. a family and have a baby without having to be pregnant. She was like, this is the best. And then after seeing what I went through with my son, I was really sick both pregnancies but like after with my son and then I had a very traumatic delivery she was like I'm so glad that I didn't have to do that and that I never will have to go through that like (laughs) um I think everything happens for a reason we're both big believers in that and so you know knowing that that was why that you know she doesn't have a very high pain tolerance yeah and she has health anxiety so I think that you know the pregnancy portion and then the delivery portion it just wouldn't have been great for her mentally and probably for me either (laughs) having to to deal with it yeah honestly that's so amazing and it sounds like you guys have such a good like yin and yang like give and take and just yeah it sounds amazing it really does Uh, we've had a lot of therapy individually and together like we're big you know proponents on proactive therapy and you know just having very open communication and talking through things Oh my gosh. You're speaking my language. I call it prophylactic uh, (laughs) therapy because it's like, can we start therapy like before some bomb has exploded in our relationship and we're like already on the outs? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we had to go through counseling to going through the fertility process using a donor. We were required to have a little bit of counseling. Yeah. Um, just to talk, just to talk about topics of how do you broach the subject with your children that they uh-huh. came from sperm donor and making sure that you're both on the same page and yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> that's, know, like, yeah, I think that is cool to kind of help prep you. You know, like even if you think you don't mm-hmm. need it, of course, these are conversations that aren't as common in society anyway. So it's not like you can just like lean on. Fortunately, you found yourself a community, but like, you know, it's not like a common thing that happens. And so like, you know, what do you say? I'm actually kind of curious if you don't mind me asking, like, how do you address the fact that, you know, of course you're both two moms and Mm -hmm. does one kind of take more of like a somewhat parental role or no? I'm curious about that. And I'm also curious, yeah, how do you kind of present this topic to your son and your daughter whenever, I mean, I I don't know about four, it seems a little young, but I don't know, like whenever... Also, like, when is the right time? I have no idea about any of that. I'm curious how you guys, like, manage all that. Yeah, well, the one thing that the counselor had spoken to us about is that she encourages storytelling. So, Mm. you know, sharing a story of, like, mommy and mama really wanted to have a family, but we needed a little extra help, and someone gave us a gift. And like kind of positioning it in that way Mm -hmm. of, you know, in order to have a child, you know, you need certain parts (laughs) and we just needed a little help. But what's nice is that because it's, you know, 2021, there are a lot of books out there now Mm -hmm. and that you can customize and have custom of two mom Mm -hmm. and sperm donor story. Like that is already written story. And there's a couple of them actually, different authors have written that you can, you know, share the story of this is what, you know, we really, really wanted. You know, we had to go to the doctor to help us because there was, you know, one piece of the puzzle was missing and kind of just phrasing it like that. Mm -hmm. But my son just turned four. So we haven't really gone into, you know, all of, all of that. Yeah. You know, we've started talking more and more about it. And also the fact that our children have half siblings out there. So, you know, our donor donated to other people Uh (laughs) and we are going to have to talk about that someday. Um, And we, we just decided that we're actually going to 
register, there's a sibling donor registry where you can register mm-hmm. um, and connect with the other families that use the same donor. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, for me, because I don't have that biological connection, I felt a little, I don't know, nervous about just connecting with people who actually have a biological connection. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that it's important that he knows and she knows or he's older, you know, that my children know that there are other people out there that are, you know, connected and, you know, God forbid something were to ever go wrong or somebody got sick or there's a medical something that we mm-hmm. would have the information and be able to be proactive about that. So, yeah, so we're going to look into that, which I think is cool and a little scary. Yeah, yeah. No, I can <laughs> um, see why that's scary as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, Do you and your wife know who, I know you said anonymous donor, but do you know who he is, who the father is? So we don't call him a father, we call him a donor. What was that? Um, We don't call him a father, we call him a donor. Oh, did I say father? I'm so So, sorry. See, thank you for, that's that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Thank you for correcting me. (laughs) No, of course, of course. We went to a sperm bank, so we don't know who he is, but we purposely chose a donor who is open, meaning that when our kids are 18, they can reach out to the sperm bank who will then reach out to the donor. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah, because we personally felt that it wasn't our decision to make as to whether or not our children know where they came from. Uh-huh. Um, so we will leave it up to our kids. And I really hope we get to meet him one day and like thank him for the greatest gift ever. I was like, we have to like buy him a house. So thank you for our children. Here's like, you know, a beach home. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, like what kind of present do you give someone like that? Um, right. <laughs> so we hope to be able to connect with him one day. And I think that, you know, it's interesting. There's been articles about it too, of how anonymous can donors really be these days with, uh-huh. you know, 23 and me and ancestry uh-huh. DNA and all of that you know, connecting, even if the donor or herself doesn't put themselves out there, but their family members do and your kids like match with something like that. So we're curious to do that with our kids just to see like full gamut of their background and ancestry. Cause you know, we have information on the donor and they're pretty thorough. We have like a full medical background and medical of the family and all of that. Cause you know, for us, that was the most important part uh-huh. of finding a donor. I feel like all of that makes perfect sense. I don't know what it would be like to have to, like, I feel like it's juggling so many things, trying to grow your family with all of these different variables in the way, but I feel like I would probably go about it a similar way that you and your wife have. Like, honestly, I think it's kind of cool that your children, you know, they have more siblings out there and you don't have to necessarily give them to, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to like grow them yourself because, you know, they're, (laughs) they're, but like imagine when they're older and like, I don't know, they're going through something and they maybe meet their half sibling and they just like jive and connect. And I don't know, mm-hmm. that could be really, really cool. On the flip side, just for my own life, I don't know if you know this, but because of ancestry DNA, I found out who my father was just like a couple of years ago, to be honest. Like oh, I spent wow. my, yeah, I spent my whole life not knowing who my father was. I've always wanted to find him. I had four negative paternity tests and then like did the ancestry DNA to find my father. And, you know, unfortunately he had passed just prior, mm-hmm. but I have two siblings and they're not interested in at all in like getting Mm. to know me which is honestly like I try not to be hurt by it because it's like how could I expect anything else I'm sure it's really weird to them that all of a sudden now they have a sister and 
you know, that came out of the blue. So I guess like that's like a flip side of it that would be hurtful for your kids, you know, could be anyways. But the fortunate thing I think is that like the way that your kids have come about and their siblings have come about, maybe that wouldn't happen because I don't know. I just feel like it's coming from a different place. Like it's not a shocker. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like you would have like this random sibling out there. It's not even random because for their whole life, they're going to kind of know, you know, whenever you decide to tell them. So that's amazing. I feel like that's such a nice gift. Honestly, I'm so happy that I have these two brothers out there. And I know that like, they're not interested in, you know, really hanging out with me or getting to know me, but that's okay. I feel like maybe one day they will, and I'm just not going to pressure them because I get where they're coming from at the same exact time. I mean, they just lost their dad. And then all of a sudden I come and Mm. I'm like, Hey, I'm your sister. (laughs) Like it's just weird. (laughs) So I feel like maybe, maybe one day we'll be friends or whatever. And right now we're all just maybe too young to like, and we're all so self-involved, but I mean, I could talk to you. I know I've already taken like a half an hour of your time. I feel I could talk to you all day about this. This is so interesting to me. There's a lot of stuff for sure. Yeah. So, okay. I really wanted to dive into more about connecting rainbows and like how you went about creating this. And I mean, your story is so incredibly amazing and complex. And I feel like for anybody out there who's listening, who may be struggling with not knowing if they are lesbian or gay or maybe trans or, you know, whatever the case is, I feel like this will be really helpful for them to just even the sense that like you were quote unquote late bloomer, you know, and you didn't necessarily (laughs) know until you were in college that who you gravitated towards, maybe it's never too late to realize. And, you know, if you realize later, I don't know what you would say, but I feel like allow yourself to have those feelings and to experiment it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's, you know, definitely confusing, especially like, you know, for me, I was 24. Looking back, I'm like, what? Were there signs? And yeah, of course there were. But, you know, I think that also depending on how you were raised and where you grew up or where you're from, there can be a lot of pressure or a lot of judgment. And so Mm. you may feel scared to come out. And I think that that is one of the beautiful things of social media. There is such an incredible LGBTQ plus community. I found on Instagram, you know, there's so many families out there that are sharing their stories, mm-hmm. their journey that give hope to other people. People message me all the time saying, thank you for showing me that I can still have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there's this misconception that, oh, you're gay. You can't have a family or you can't have children of your own. But it's so not true. And I think that sometimes you need to leave people behind um, Mm -hmm. to become who you truly are. Mm -hmm. But you need to remember that at the end of the day, you're coming home to you and nobody else or your partner. But like, you know, you have to go to bed with you every night. So it's just finding your true self, especially, you know, with transitioning. That's a really tough piece and emotionally. But again, there's such an incredible visible community that I have Found. I have friends on Instagram who have just openly shared their journeys and families too, you know, still being able to have families. I, you know, have connected with men who have been pregnant, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can still have a family, even if you are trans, just knowing that, just knowing that you can have everything that you've ever wanted and still be exactly who you are, I think is very powerful that um, is... and empowering to know. Absolutely. That is so powerful and empowering. And I love that your organization, Connecting Rainbows, that that is basically, I would love to have you share more about it, of course, from your Mm -hmm. perspective. But it sounds to me like it's an organization that really helps 
I'm sure there are tons of hoops to have to go through in order to make all of this happen. And so it sounds like your organization kind of helps you learn what hoop you got to go through and kind of help you like, hold your hand to go through the hoop. Is that right? Yeah. So basically I am a lawyer, but I do business law. And what I didn't know until having children is that when you are a same-sex couple, specifically in my case, obviously a lesbian couple, and you have a child, that both moms are not the legal parent of their child. So in our case, my wife's eggs, my wife is the biological mom, I was the gestational mom, so I carried. I was considered the legal parent of our children because I gave birth to them. And in order to have full legal parental rights, my wife had to adopt her own biological children. That's wild. It's offensive, yes. (laughs) Crazy. Like to have to go through a criminal background check and all of that to affirm what already is, but here we are. So I had shared on my Instagram, you know, and my blog, like everything that we had gone through, we shared our fertility journey, we shared the adoption piece and people were like freaking out of like, why do you have to go through this? Or, you know, I spoke to a lawyer who said that because we were on the birth certificate, that's fine, but that's actually false. If both moms are on the birth certificate, you are not both considered the legal parents of your child just by being on the birth certificate. You actually need to obtain a judgment from a court because a birth certificate is an administrative document that's governed by the laws of the state in which the child was born. Once you leave that state, another state may not necessarily recognize that. What? It's kind of like it's like an identifying document. It's like a driver's license. It's just an identification. So in order to make sure that, like, God forbid, if, you know, one parent were to die, will your child inherit from you? If you get divorced, who gets custody of the kids? There have been legal battles around this. So, you know, just to ensure, and, you know, for us, we were like, we need to make sure that we are protecting our family. Uh And so we did the adoption piece. So I started connecting rainbows really as an educational kind of database to let people know like, hey, these are the things that you need to do to protect your family as an LGBTQ plus individual or couple. And here are the lawyers that can help you. So I have been connecting with lawyers in every state in different provinces in Canada. We have a lawyer in Australia who do family formation law. So a lot of fertility and assisted reproduction, surrogacy as well, to make sure that your family is going to be covered no matter what happens. So these lawyers are versed in that and also versed in working with the LGBTQ plus community because the laws are different for us. And you need a lawyer that knows exactly what they're talking about. So I wanted to make sure that all the lawyers here, that we've got the U.S. covered. I'm still working on it. Um, yeah. but we've got a lot of states covered at this point so that wherever you are, you can you know go to the directory, find an attorney, and contact them to help you with whatever it is, you know, your situation regarding your family. And then I wanted to also provide fertility resources and a directory of clinics that were LGBTQ friendly because there are some that are not. And uh-huh. just making sure that again, you know, you have the resources here is to start grow and protect your family. That's the mission of the organization. That is so incredible. And I feel like it is so needed. I can imagine that it's the stress of just finding the people who really get you and like get mm-hmm. the dynamic of of being LGBTQ plus, which by the way, I am just familiarizing myself with LGBTQ plus. What does the plus stand for? So the actual acronym is very long. <laughs> it's okay. LGBTQQIAP2S. <laughs> so okay. there's so the plus is really just encompassing all of the other letters okay. that are involved. 
because it's a mouthful for sure. Uh-huh. Um, right now, I mean, for a while it was just LGBT. Then they added in the Q for queer and the plus is covering the rest. But a lot of people now at this stage actually say LGBTQIA, okay. um, which is intersex or and asexual. Okay. Um, just, it's a very inclusive lettering. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. No, we like to be very inclusive. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I also want to be very inclusive as well. And so that's why I ask, and I'm sure those listening would like to learn more about it as well, because I should just speak for myself. Like I wasn't around anybody who was a lesbian. My first gay friend, well, that's actually not true. Well, first out of the closet, I guess I should say gay friend <laughs> was like, I knew one guy in high school who was gay, but he wasn't out of the closet but like loved him to death, of course. And I honestly didn't know that he was gay until after high school. And then he kind of came out, but then we kind of lost touch. You know how that goes with high school. And then I had one of my like very, very best friends, someone that I gravitated to myself, like in a friendly way, of course, but like just someone that I really, really loved. He was gay and he is honestly the happiest, friendliest, nicest man I you know had ever met, but he suffered from bullying a lot. Um, when he was younger and he was actually a son of a preacher. And so you can imagine that that was really difficult for him and coming out and, and all the things. And so, you know, he ended up using a bit to like kind of numb the pain and whatnot. And that was just a hard time for him. And he was the most friendliest, happiest guy would love anybody regardless of anything really. But he was the first person who I could ever have like these conversations with and felt comfortable asking questions, I guess, because he knew I wasn't, you know, trying to judge or whatever, but I was just never exposed to it. And so I wanted to learn like, how can I be supportive and helpful while not sounding like I'm judging or it's almost like I am scared to have the conversation because I'm scared I'm going to be offensive or hurtful. And so I'm happy and like so thankful, Jenna, that you're here and they're having this conversation so just openly and, you know, it is what it is kind of thing because I feel like I'm not the only person who isn't really exposed to the LGBTQIA plus folk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get this right because I want to. I think it's important. And so, yeah, like I can't thank you enough. Unfortunately, you know, my friend died when he was young and I love him so much. And I feel like I'm going to cry just because it's really interesting how people come into your life and I am going to cry, but like, you know, just sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Geez. Just because like, he's just such a great person and, you know, it's just so sad that he went through such struggles to just be himself, you know, like it's just breaks my effing heart. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm thankful that we have this conversation because who knows who's out there listening and maybe it's only one person. And if it's just one person, it makes it worth it. Like to just know that you are enough just as you are, whether you're LGBTQIA or maybe you're black or maybe you're Asian or maybe you're white truly like what your issue is or where you come from, like you truly are enough. And there are resources out there to help you succeed just as you are. And yeah, so Jenna, like connecting rainbows, I definitely am going to link that in the show notes for everybody who's listening, but I would love for you to share also, you know, how anybody could reach you because you're like a wealth of knowledge and you're so easy to talk to and you're just so approachable and welcoming. So if anyone's (laughs) struggling, where can they find you on Instagram? Instagram or, you know, any other type of place that you feel comfortable sharing? 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, the website is connectingrainbows.org. There's a contact page there. So an email can get right to me. Instagram, we have connectingrainbows.org, which is the Instagram business account. I manage that. And then my personal Instagram is Jenna Jaffe. It's G-E-N-A. So you can see all, all the pictures of my cute little fam that we share on there. I do share legal kind of stuff on there as well you know just to kind of cross blend the Mm. um gay legally stuff as well on there but that's mostly a lot of family family personal stuff I also do suffer from depression and anxiety so I you know share a lot of transparent honest posts on that page as well Jenna thank you again so much for taking the time out to come on and Jordana Mm -hmm. I appreciate her allowing you to share a little bit about her as well because you know this isn't her per se we're chatting about but inevitably we're talking about her as well I mean there's so many things I want to talk to you about and we just don't have time today so I totally want to have you back yeah (laughs) awesome I also just want to be like I don't know I'm like so proud of you which sounds a little strange but you should be proud of you because you are someone who is really a trailblazer in the sense that there are kind of issues in this world that haven't been addressed and you are taking some of the first steps to make sure that these issues are addressed and that people have, you know, power over their own lives and that you're giving them the resources. And it sounds like for free, right? Connectingrainbows.org. Yeah. Is that free? Yeah, it is. That is so incredibly amazing. And I'm just, yeah. I think that you should be so proud of yourself because yeah, you. on top of doing all <laughs> the things you have to do yourself to grow your family, you're helping <laughs> so many others. So I just think you're super cool. And oh. you'll have to tell your wife that I thank her. I'm sure she's like got both <laughs> kids or something and is like, hello, I need help. <laughs> just the one Parker's at school. We're going to go pick him up in a few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> So for those of you guys listening, just so you know, all the info, including all the Instagram handles are going to be in the show notes. So if you don't have a pen and paper, don't worry. You can just head to the show notes later whenever, you know, whenever you have time. But all right, Jenna, I will talk to you soon. Sounds great. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. That was such an amazing interview. I feel like Jenna is just so calm and collected with all of the things that she's had to go through to grow her family. And also I've got to tell you, I am so thankful that, you know, she's someone that you can just talk to like an open book and she's not offended if I don't understand like the terminology. And, you know, obviously she's a lesbian and she's grown her family differently than other people, but she doesn't expect us to like understand that per se. And she's wide open to educating all of us about how it works. And I just really love that because to be very, very honest, I don't know if you ever feel this way too, but sometimes I feel like I'm walking on eggshells and it's not because of any other reason other than myself. Like I'm scared to say the wrong thing. I'm scared to offend. I'm scared to sound like, I don't know, racist or not inclusive or not friendly or I don't know like what the right word would be. And so I just really appreciate that I was able to have such an open, vulnerable conversation with her and I felt like I didn't walk on eggshells and obviously that wouldn't be her fault anyways. It would be 100% my own. It's just like I have these weird insecurities of offending people. Like I'm such a people pleaser. Like for example, if I forget your name, like I don't know why I have this. And so then it's such a fear of mine that I'll forget someone's name or like if we had a conversation before and I don't want people to think that like I'm not listening to them. And so if I forget their name or like that we talked about something before, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But like, you know, that's just my own insecurity and my own thing that I have to work through. I don't know if anybody else can even relate to that, but it's just always been my thing that I want people to know that I genuinely care about them and I genuinely want to help and 
I don't know, be supportive and be your friend. And so if you forget someone's name, well, that's quite rude, I think. And like, also, if you had a conversation with someone and then you forgot you even had that conversation, I feel like that seems so freaking rude. But like, these are the kind of things that have been happening to me kind of a lot after having Hendrix. And my brain is just so foggy. And some days are better than others. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know. And so no one makes me feel guilty about it. No one said anything or anything, but it's just always been a thing that I have that like I want people to know that they're important. And obviously if someone forgot my name, I don't think I would think much of it to be honest, but like maybe it's just rude. Anyways, off the tangent, I'm so happy to let you guys know that next week we're going to have the psychic back on again because I had another chat with Trish the psychic and it's, I don't want to say crazy, but it's wild. The things that this woman knows slash like, I don't know, like I'm really beginning to think that I could potentially be talking to people on the other side through her, not like a active conversation, but like they're talking to me anyways. But like, I gotta be honest, like I was so stoic, like both times I tried really hard not to have any emotion or do anything that would indicate any clues as to whether she's on it or not. Like, I mean, she started crying in the conversation and I just... Of course, I started like getting teary-eyed, but I held it back and I just tried saying so stoic because I was like, I don't want her to know if she's, you know, hot or cold. Like I want this to be as real and authentic as possible. And then when she wasn't, you know, on the money about something, I kind of called her out for it and it's just wild. So I'm pumped for you guys to listen to that next week. And as always, we really love and appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you for the five-star reviews. Those mean an awful lot to us because obviously it just means you're enjoying what we're doing, which keeps us going. So until next week, make sure to wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated, all the good things, and we will talk to you then. Enjoy your week.